medical and psychological organization is behind the need for trans support. These families and teens are literally fighting for their lives. It's no wonder that the suicide risk for trans people has increased over the past couple of years as more restrictive laws have been introduced. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. You know, Cindy, we do have to acknowledge that our generation and those before ours didn't really have the language for a lot of the thoughts and feelings people seem to be experiencing and always have. And the culture and the values were different. I mean, things have been changing. True, Julie. Religion and more rigid ways of living were also a bigger part of life in the past. And I think in communities, people worried about judgment from friends and relatives and neighbors. These things weighed heavily on anyone who thought they might be different from everyone else in terms of kind of fitting into a strictly binary gender system. So no one ever talked about those things. Not that those fears are gone. But in the past, there was also a lot less knowledge and access to needed care than we fortunately have for people today. Right. So kids who don't fit into the gender binary, they've existed forever. But finally, they can talk about it. And with social media and other changes, they also have the ability to find one another and create community. And they really need it. Transgender people experience a lot of mistreatment. They're socially excluded, harassed, bullied, and at least 30% experience physical violence just because of who they are, how they dress, or what they look like. Trans people are discriminated against even in the healthcare system. Yeah, that's so wrong. It's been known for a while through research that a high number of transgender people consider suicide, something like 82%, and 40% have at least one suicide attempt in their lifetime. These rates are even higher when the transgender person is a teenager. Seriously, think about those numbers. They're really high. Suicidal ideation and suicide attempts are higher among trans people than in the general population. Issues that seriously increase the risk for suicide, like major depressive disorder, trauma, family rejection, isolation, discrimination, harassment, and abuse, are all disproportionately high in the trans community. Yeah. Statistics from a study published by the American Academy of Pediatrics revealed alarming levels of attempted suicide among young transgender people with the highest rates among transgender boys and non-binary youth. The Trevor Project's 2023 U.S. survey on the mental health of LGBTQ young people found that about 50 percent of trans or non-binary youth had seriously considered killing themselves last year. About 20% had attempted suicide. And about three in five transgender or non-binary youth who wanted access to care could not get it. And you can see how those two things might be related. 
the numbers in terms of suicide are probably even more than we know. Of course, Cindy, they always are. The studies are limited because they can only count the number of suicides among people who have sought medical care for gender identity related issues or trans people who applied for a legal change of gender. Right. It doesn't account for those who are just living their authentic lives on their own and not showing up in these ways or who couldn't get access to care or who are hiding. Yeah. What we need to make clear is that being transgender doesn't make teens or adults suicidal or depressed. That's not what makes them feel bad. It's living in a judgmental world that marginalizes them, bullies them, and puts them at risk for suicide. Transphobia and homophobia can hurt so bad, it kills. That's right, Cindy. In 2018, the University of Texas at Austin led a study to check in on the state of mental health of transgender youth ages 15 to 21. And it found that when they could go by their chosen name and pronouns, they showed 71% fewer symptoms of severe depression, a 34% decrease in suicidal ideation, and a 65% decrease in suicide attempts. That is a significant impact just because they could go by their chosen name and pronouns. Other recent studies show that being able to access gender-affirming hormone therapy can actually lessen depression and suicidal thoughts for trans adults. This is partly because gender-affirming care includes supporting and accepting differences, caring about people for whoever they are and however they present. Findings really highlight the need for welcoming and safe communities for all LGBTQ young people. That's what's really important. It's mainly what all of us want. Feelings of belonging and safety. Of course. And a lot of transgender youth feel unsafe for being who they are. And so they carry a lot of risk for suicide. So transgender people have been struggling for a really long time. And now to make matters worse, they're specifically being targeted just for wanting to live as their authentic selves. Right. The past couple of years have been the worst yet in terms of legislation against transgender folks, including specific legislation targeting transgender youth. A major example is some of the anti-gay and transgender legislation in Florida that we did a podcast on last season. The legislation there was nicknamed the Don't Say Gay or Trans Bill because these words were not to be talked about or taught about in classrooms. Florida's Don't Say Gay legislation would give parents rights to protest or sue a school over any LGBTQ content or discussion. The law is mostly geared to so-called protect students in kindergarten through third grade but it also leaves lots of room for the Florida Department of Education to decide what appropriate exposure to LGBTQ plus content is for students. I believe that they feel none is appropriate. Seems that way. They even included the idea of punishing parents, potentially with felony charges, for supporting their own queer children by taking them to get gender-affirming health care. Yeah, as if not supporting them would change them and make them who they want them to be. Florida, crazy stuff. It sounds like the dangerous idea of thinking that talking or asking about suicide might put the idea in someone's head so it's better not to mention it. 
The only thing these kinds of ideas do is make more people feel isolated, depressed, and potentially suicidal and afraid to talk about it with anyone. Right. Some of these laws aren't making it through, but people keep trying their hardest to push them through so that they come around again. Laws are blocked, but then they're appealed as the system plays games with the lives, literally with the lives of these young people. The same people and organizations keep pushing their agendas, and it especially ramps up during campaign season. It's been so bad that the Trevor Project and LGBTQ crisis line had a 150 percent increase in calls from Texas youth alone in 2021 compared with the year before. And a lot of them said that the anti-trans legislation was just really scaring them. So instead of protecting kids, like a lot of people are saying these laws are supposed to do, they're actually scaring and hurting them. And leading to increases in suicide attempts. Families in some states are making plans in case they have to leave their state or even the country to protect themselves and their kids. We talked some about this in our podcast on trans asylum. Yes, we did. People are saving money and getting documents in order, doing research on trans legislation in other states and other countries. And they're getting ready to either leave or risk getting arrested. Just a reminder, we're talking about the land of the free and the home of the brave, the USA. Home of the brave. And yet we're scared of people being different. How brave is that? It's not. (sighs) All transgender folks face a lot of major challenges. But people living at the intersection of multiple oppressed identities, like black transgender youth, experience even higher rates of suicidal ideation and have even fewer resources and supports. So many people are having trouble accessing gender affirming health care, like hormone related prescription therapies, because doctors and hospitals are now concerned about potential criminal allegations toward them. Meanwhile, A lot of studies, including a host of them reviewed in Scientific American recently, showed that this kind of care is often life-saving for children and teens who receive it or who need it. It's like when everybody backed off of abortion care once Roe was overturned. They were afraid of criminal charges. Right. So people were not getting the care they needed. Studies are clearly showing that gender-affirming care for youth helps lower the odds of depression and suicide. Young people who finally had support to safely feel a little better about themselves are now forced to stop their transition or move where they can get the care they need, if that's even an option financially or any other way. It's an interesting point that a lot of times doctors are expected to change the bodies of intersex children. What I mean is whose bodies are not clearly either male or female who are born that way. The doctors are expected to change those bodies to fit into the binary, something that intersex activists say is unnecessary and also traumatizing. And even the U.N. declared it a human rights violation. But that's how much we believe everything should fit in the binary. Right. It's legal to make a person fit the binary when they're too young to know what's happening. They figure it out later. But it's not okay to help them later if they don't fit and need support. The people pushing these discriminatory ideas haven't paid attention to the science or the fact that every medical and psychological organization 
is behind the need for trans support. These families and teens are literally fighting for their lives. Given all of this, it's no wonder that the suicide risk for trans people has increased over the past couple of years as more restrictive laws have been introduced. What helps trans people in addition to getting the health care they need is feelings of belonging at school as well as with family and with peer support. They need acceptance for who they are. And we can all make a big difference for trans people. There's a noticeable decrease in suicidal thoughts when people have support and acceptance from their families, coworkers, classmates, and their broader community. It's true. We can all be more inclusive in the ways we act and talk and make ourselves better allies and accomplices to trans people. Some places to start learning about the trans community and how to be a good ally would be by checking out the ACLU, the National Center for Transgender Equality, and the Anti-Transgender Legislation Tracker. If you or someone you know may be at risk for suicide, call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 988 or 1-800-273-TALK-8255 to chat with experts 24-7. You can also text START to 678-678 to have a conversation by text. If you're a young LGBTQ person and need to talk, call the Trevor Project's 24-hour crisis hotline at 1-866-488-7386 or visit thetrevorproject.org. If you're a transgender person of any age, call the Trans Lifeline at 877-565-8860 or translifeline.org, a crisis and peer support hotline staffed by trans people for trans people. Also, any of these resources can use your help to continue offering the kind of support they do. These recent years have been disturbing for trans communities with the amount of anti-trans legislation, violent rhetoric, and other attacks on basic rights and dignity ongoing. It's so true, Cindy, and such a worry. It's really scary. Listeners, you might consider volunteering for one of these organizations. You could actually help to save lives. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Until next time, take care. <laughs>